developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome to episode seven of The Story Studio. With your hosts, Luke Condor, and Daniel Wilcox. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. It's a show for filmmakers, writers, comic book, make, ugh, comic book makers, crowdfunders, <laughs> entrepreneurs, creators, and anyone looking to tell stories in the modern world. My name is Luke Condor, and I'm joined by Daniel Wilcox and Matthew Stott. Hey, sorry, Dan. Well, I, I kind of joined. I jumped on your speaking bit there, Dan. No, you were on a roll. It was fine. I felt like you needed that after. I think that's the first time you've broken during that first part. You've broken a perfect, perfect record. Yeah, sorry, but I'm gonna overdub it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I'll have to give it a go one time and see how well I do. I don't think I'll do very well. So, how's the uh, writing going, guys? All going well? Oh, after uh, you, Matt. Um, yeah, kind of. I think so. <laughs> I've yeah. been very undisciplined at the moment, though. I'm not getting enough done, basically. But yeah. What do you? Uh, when what I you am, work- it's going all right. Cool. What are you working on at the minute? Um. I've got this uh, mini-series called Apocalypse Hill, mm. and uh, I've got part two just about to come out, and I'm trying to finish the thing off so I can go on to something new. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I kind of tired of working on the same thing for so long now, so yeah, I'm ready to move on, hopefully, eventually. Yeah. Awesome. We'll jump, we'll jump back into that, yeah, in a, in a little bit. But Sorry, I'm, t- I'm taking you over, Luke. No, it's cool, it's cool <laughs> man. Yeah. What about you, Dan? What are you working on? Uh, so I am coming up to the final part of um, our book, Lazarus. So I'm kind of in the same place that, that Matt is because I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, oh, I'm so ready just to have a fresh story starting because my favorite yeah. part of any, any book is the first bit and getting stuck yeah. in. And my word counts at the beginning are sort of nothing to, to what they are now. But yeah, that that's it's, it's going well. It's, it, it's uh, I'm on 50, 58K now, I think. So... It's getting there. How about you, Luke? Yeah, that's too bad. I, uh, I'm not. I'm not on 58k. <laughs> I, I've managed to just. Line. Yeah, I think I'm on 51 or something now. But yeah, it's cool. I've just moved into a new house. It's nice to not have to write on a bedroom floor, or <laughs> have to go to a cafe or something. You're suffering for your art. Yeah, I've uh, I've got a little spot in the kitchen. I like to be right next to the coffee machine, so I could just have a constant flow of coffee. Oh, that's dangerous. I, I need it, man. I need it in the morning, <laughs> especially. Yeah, um, I've noticed you both are now cracking on with Steam it, which is mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a pretty interesting little thing. Uh, have you? I know Dan's had some crazy success with it the past couple of days. Has it? I, I don't know. How. Yeah, it's random. How are you finding it, Matt? Um, well, I've I've only been on it like maybe two days, and I haven't really explored it properly yet. I don't even I don't really quite understand even what it is at the moment. Yeah. Other than there seems to be. 
lots of random bits of writing. I don't know how you, how do you work it? How do you get anyone <laughs> to look at this stuff? Or is it just by, by chance that someone stumbles across something? And yes, I don't know. <laughs> I've made about three cents, I think, at the moment of it. Nice. Which I don't know if that's, I don't yeah. think that's great. <laughs> it's not bad for a start. I yeah. think Luke's definitely got much more of an insight than, than I have. It, honestly, it's, I don't feel like it's about quality on Steam. It. <laughs> not at all. Like it's, it's literally just, I think quality helps. I, I feel like it's a game of, a game of cards, right? And then you just constantly play. The more you play, the better chance you get. And the better you get, the, the better, you understand the games, the better you understand how to write, like you two guys obviously do, the more chance you have of striking it and just getting lucky with one of those whale accounts. And now if you get a whale to upvote your post, then you you'll have like Dan had like two hundred, three hundred dollars or something the other Three hundred and ninety dollars it settled on. And I that was a post that I literally threw together at lunchtime and went, Oh, let's see if that works and then the next minute I checked and it had nearly four hundred dollars on it, so I can't, I can't explain it. I tried to do it the following day, and it didn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does. I was looking at some of what you two have put up, and it it does seem kind of almost random. Where you'll see one post, and you'll have made hundreds, and then the, you put one up the next day, and it made nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of a random. Yeah. I thought I was doing all right. I had a bit of a streak of like it was like thirty between thirty and forty dollars, like four or five days in a row, and I thought, oh, I cracked it. Finally mm. got that like consistent but the past three posts have had nothing so yeah see i am um, i i think a lot of time of day i think has a fair bit to do with it but it's also opportunity who's online and i should probably while i've got you matt i should probably um thank you for your my review of your book has earned me 20 dollars. so if you do want to take any uh, percentage of that because that is that is your art then by all means i did upvote that i saw that <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you very much <laughs> I think it was twenty dollars on that one. Yeah, I think it wasn't that. Yeah. So, so today we're going to be talking about like writing horror stories and scary stories and, and I guess strange stories. Uh, but before all that, we need to crack on with the big whoops. Oh, what a big whoop! So, um, who's got a big whoop? Uh, shall I take the first one? Yeah, go for it, man. Okay, my big whoop is um, I was kind of torn between two, but I'll, I'll settle with one and use the other one next week. Um, is are you guys familiar with George Watsky? No. No. So <laughs> George Watsky was a um, a poet who came out of San Francisco, some university in San Francisco, and he was a, a kind of spoken word poet that went around and traveled colleges and, and schools and universities in America um, and ended up coming onto YouTube about, must be five, six years ago, and started rapping. And he's just he was one of the nerdiest white guys you've ever seen. Um, and he's kind of risen to a weird like hip hop success and has come out with some fantastic tunes, sort of travels America and England. And I've seen him live a couple of times and his new album came out this week, um, last week. I, I downloaded it this week and it's called uh, Times Infinity or X Infinity, however you want to do it. But it's just um, a, a CD full of just fantastic word plays, just some brilliant lyrics some great music and uh definitely sort of some of the best more commercial stuff but some of the best stuff that i've heard him do um and and yeah he's just doing really really well with it so is it along the lines of like scroobius pip like a spoken word guy doing rap 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit more um, hip hop than than Pip, but yeah, it's it's honestly really worth giving a listen. Cool. Yeah, man. I weirdly I've been listening. To, I don't really listen to rap music much, but um, my friend at work, my colleague, has been putting on the Eminem album, oh. uh, Marshall Mathers Two. Yes, it's really good. Like I'm not like a rap person, but it's just honestly like really well, just really just really great spoken word. It's yeah, Eminem's definitely because I'm I'm a massive fan of just the wordplay that he uses. But he's definitely kind of with that album taking a whole new style. Whereas before it would be sort of like an AA rhyme structure, sort of one line rhyme, one line rhyme. It's a lot more flowy. It's a lot more literary, and and I don't know. It's 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 different, but it just works. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Yeah. Um. Okay. So my big work this week is a TV show called. The Night Of. Have you heard about it? Do you know much about it? No. Okay. Heard of it? Some sort of murder thing? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a gritty... It's based on a BBC show. So, Amer- so HBO have taken some BBC show, BBC show called Criminal Justice. I've never heard of it. No idea what it is. But it's like a really complex, gritty story about um, it's a conservative Muslim who goes on a night out with this girl, gets drunk, Take some drugs, has has some has a bit of the old sex, and then Ooh. um passes out, and then he wakes up, and the girl's been the girl's been murdered. <laughs> so obviously he, he panic panics and runs away. This is all in like the first episode. That's the um, last thing you want from a bit of sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he runs away, and then um he gets arrested. He he's got the murder weapon on him for some reason, and um they instantly they fast like they instantly think it's him. They fast track him. Don't do um, the due diligence, whatever it's called, to to process the guy. Um, it's all about how he gets chucked into this prison system. And there's like one lawyer who John Turturro, who's one of my favorite actors. He's like incredible. Um, he's like this lawyer who who's got eczema, weirdly enough. Um, <laughs> but he's like, while this conservative Muslim is is basically becoming a criminal because he's in that environment and he has to sort of change become really violent to survive amongst that that, those people john satoro is basically becoming like the the detective role and he's finding out who actually did the crime and it's it's really really good it's um really tense some of the prison scenes are pretty tense some some of like the the first episode is pretty immense when he's when he's trying not to get caught and you know it's not him or you suppose it's not him. But um, yeah, it's really good. I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. Sounds really psychological. It is. Yeah, definitely. Does, Does it make you... Thing, or is it a, like a one-off miniseries? Or is it's that... a eight-episode series. I suppose they could do a second season, but I kind of feel like you'd be missing the point of the series. It's, it's quite well self-contained within itself. Not with the same suspect waking up again. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the hangover. Like the hangover, he goes out and he wakes up next to a dead person every time. I need to stop having bits of sex. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Okay, uh, well, there's two things I've enjoyed recently. One, Stranger Things. Everyone's probably seen that. I won't yeah. go into that. Uh, yeah. Fantastic and, show. So the, the other one's uh, a book. Have you heard of um, Paul... I don't know how you say it, Paul Tremblay or Trembley. It's something like that. The name rings a bell. He did a book called um, A Head Full of Ghosts, I think it was called. And he's just had a new one called Disappearance at Devil's Rock. 
which is kind of a spooky someone goes missing and is there something a little bit satanic somehow in the mix and it's a really good i don't usually get that unnerved by books particularly but this one kind of put me a little bit on the edge and i even woke up in the middle of the night at one point and it played on my mind a little bit which is a bit odd and oh, wow. um, yeah i think it's a really if you want a quite a cool it's not all blood and guts and gore or anything it's just it's just a weird atmosphere that kind of gets under your skin a bit so i'd recommend that yeah is it similar to have you read um johnny truant's house of leaves no no well that i thought you meant johnny b truant there for a second <laughs> no no but interestingly that is where he gets his pen name from oh is it yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah that's kind of one of those books where it's not so much that a lot of gory stuff or a lot of um horrible stuff happens it's just that kind of twisted mm. thing that really gets under your skin but I'll have to get a read. That sounds interesting. I'll have to check out that book. I thought that I didn't. I've heard of that book, and I, for some reason, thought it was some literary kind I, of. I was under the impression it was as well. Yeah. Is it? Is it's, it not? It's kind of experimental. So, if I can remember rightly, because it was a few years ago that I read it, it's so basically the house that this family move into and this guy move into is a quarter of an inch bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, and the story, the book itself, is told through it's not very much bigger <laughs> i know it's um the story's told through like journal recollections through the guy's narrative through sort of loads of different sources the actual book itself looks like a collection of documents um and it tells a story of a doorway in a basement that leads to a room and the next time he goes down there there's rooms off of that and then this massive sort of labyrinth that extends under his house um and he kind of eventually it's that big that he gets lost in it and yeah it's one of those that really just gets onto your skin in it i remember reading it just going oh like that does sound quite cool i'll have to check that out yeah yeah so matt i think i first heard about you because i think we published our first novels around the same time and we were we were hanging around on the keyboards in like a newbie group thing does that sound about right that is correct yeah cool how did you when did you first start writing, first of all? Like, when did you first start writing prose? Prose? I mean, I wrote it a little bit when I was like a kid, when I was a teenager, maybe a little bit, but I went very quickly into scripts, kind of, and kind of forgot about books. It wasn't really until I started writing A Monstrous Place, which was my first one I put out, that I kind of went back to prose. So that was only, maybe I started writing it two years ago, 18 months ago, no, probably two years ago. So it hasn't really been that long. So I'm probably not that good <laughs> at this point. Cause <laughs> I, I, I can really, counter argue that I've read Apocalypse Hill. Oh, well, thank you. But yeah, <laughs> I kind of been concentrating on scripts for like so long and it's just, it's still quite a new, fresh thing to me trying to do prose. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll get better. <laughs> but we'll see. I think that's one of the things about being an indie author, isn't it? You're you're constantly working on your craft anyway. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I've it... always heard the thing: um, put write your first book and kind of put it in a drawer and don't let anyone see it. But I I published mine. So. Yeah, I published mine as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah this, exactly. this is what I've done with um, a clockwork grows. I'm kind of on that fence of do I just pop <laughs> it in a drawer or do I actually publish it? But we'll see. Yeah. Publish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I could die. That is true. <laughs> I uh, I quite like that in this like 
that in this in the awful world we can publish those books and we can see a progression of our skills and maybe maybe get some fans along the way. I mean, I've, yeah. I I don't about... think it's shameful to like have a an early work out there that's not yeah. fully realized in some way. I think it's better to see that kind of progression. The same with if you're in a band, you you put out your first few demos or albums or whatever, and you see you you see yourself develop rather than wow, that's he was amazing from the off. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really interesting point because I think you know, coming from a history of traditional publishing being the major player when it comes to books, you don't you don't kind of have that feel, do you? I mean, people, musicians want to get published with major labels or did before, you know, building their own audience was a possibility. But if musicians can do it, why can't authors? Yeah, also, you don't get that feedback on the first book if you just don't do anything with it. Whereas mm. if you put it, if you go through the process of getting it edited, um, packaging it up and putting it out there and getting those reviews you it's very difficult to know where you actually stand in the real world if that makes sense yeah i mean with i mean mine i suppose my very first one was kind of quite short as well i didn't like diving on a 120,000 word epic so the worst that could happen is that it it would be a bit crap but it probably wouldn't be too boring for people because it would be over so quick and I would learn plenty of things <laughs> for the next thing. So, yeah, I think it's worth putting anything out. Unless it's genuinely terrible and you you know it is, it's worth putting yeah. it out. It's funny. I like, so on, I'm, I'm on Steam, I'm literally just publishing my old short stories. And now I read those back, I'm like, I probably wouldn't publish this like <laughs> as a, on Kindle now. But I'm kind of glad to see that I, I can recognize that it's not as good mm-hmm. as it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. How long have you been writing scripts for, Matt? I guess I started writing scripts when I was about thirteen or something like that. So it's wow, it's going. It's a long time now. Um, but I kind of I went through a whole we a different phases of what I wanted to write. So it started off with I would I would be obsessed with like the X Files or whatever, and I was like, oh, I'll write the X Files, and then it <laughs> got into films. And I thought I could be a film writer and director, and then that quickly was like, no, I will never do that <laughs> that's not going to happen and then it went into comedy scripts so it's kind of gone all the way across the gamut of different types of things and for different mediums and nowadays apart from the books i try to write comedy scripts that's where i'm at at the moment sitcom scripts i guess where does your heart lie is it more in the scripts or is it more in the prose um it's at the moment if i'm honest it's probably the books if only because it's entirely me. It's not a uh, scripts are like, especially for a film or for TV, they're more like a blueprint for something in it about a million other people get involved and they make something out of it, which can yeah. be good. Whereas books, it's just like, it's just for better or worse. I did all of it and there you go. <laughs> That's mm. what it is. Um, and if it's all on me and it's all my voice, I guess, because even with my scripts, in my comedy scripts, I write those with another person as well. So even then, it, so it's even less me, I guess. That's so, yeah. Isabel, isn't it? I forget her second name. Yeah, Isabel Faye. She's a she's a performer as well as a writer, and we write try to write funny scripts together. <laughs> yeah. I, I so I spent a lot before I started writing prose properly. I was writing films as well, and um, the reason I now hate writing screenplays to a certain degree is because. 
nothing really ever happens. Like, or the majority of the time, it will nothing will ever come of it. And you'll end up with like a big folder of scripts that it's really difficult to get people to read because scripts aren't fun to read. No. Whereas a, whereas a book is like something you can put out there and, and get people reading. Yeah, I mean, that was another reason for wanting to do, deciding I'm, I'm going to write books and I'm going to do them on my own is because you just either don't get read or you get rejected at some point along the line and then the scripts just, they're kind of, dis- I mean, they're there, but no one's seeing them. They don't get made. They're just on my laptop or printed out or something. And it's like, I mean, that was another reason for going indie with the books. It's like, I'll just bypass that altogether. I'll just finish it and stick it out. And for better or worse, it's out there and someone will see it and someone will read it. It won't just be kind of gathering digital dust on my laptop. Yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to ask was how how is life as an indie for Matt Start? How, how have you found, you know, the indie process? And I know that you market your books quite heavily and you do well and it's always over on sort of my feed. So how are you finding being an indie? Um, well, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's cool. I kind of like the slightly punk rock aspect of it, I guess, of just doing it. So I love um, it as well. Yeah. Um, I'm a very unorganized person is my <laughs> issue with the whole indie thing. Cause you have to be a bit of a business man. You've got to put your businessman hat on and I'm kind of terrible at all that. So I kind of flail about a little bit with that aspect of it, I try to put little processes in, in kind of place and then I immediately abandon them after a week or so and it's like, oh yeah, I was supposed to try and get some sort of promotion together and I have not done any of that. I'll tweet about it instead to the same people who've seen it a million times. <laughs> uh, so that is the learning thing really, um, trying to get better at that. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't had a huge hit or made lots of money, but I'm not really thinking of it in those terms. Certainly not the next few years anyway, I don't think. Purely yeah. just getting better and trying to build a bit of a tribe behind me, I guess. Yeah. That's but definitely one of the most more important parts, isn't it? Going in with that attitude of it is going to be a slow process. It's not going to be that, you know, if you traditionally publish, it's not always going to happen, but you're more likely to sort of strike gold. Whereas being an indie, it's increments. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you're going into it, just, I mean, it's a terrible thing to go into if you just want to make money because it's kind of unlikely. <laughs> and if you do, it might take you a long, long time. So it's not a money making exercise by any means, unless you're willing to put in the long, long kind of like Sterling and Stone always going over about Johnny and all those guys about they always thinking long term rather than going for the quick book kind of thing, because that kind of thing can be pretty ephemeral. I think mm. you just want to build your fan base as much as you can. Yeah. And that's really something that I think you can do better in indie than you possibly can if you're traditionally published, just because you don't think about it, probably. Because you're 100%. not trying to push your stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine a traditional author would think about it at all. I mean, I'm sure there are people who do. Yeah. But... I mean, there's people like Neil Gaiman, obviously, who do have that big tribe behind them. Yeah. Um, but... I think you just kind of lay it on your publisher, don't you? Probably, if you're traditional, I would imagine. You'd well, they have teams for it, don't they? Yeah. The same if you have an agent. If you're a scriptwriter and you have an agent, you think, oh, they will get me work. And that doesn't, that's not how it works. You kind of still have to push yourself out there yourself, and then they just handle the business kind of thing. So that's a good thing about being indie, I think, having, having that more... 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Direct contact with these people who are trying to read your stuff and trying to build that kind of relationship. It makes it more enjoyable, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think some of uh, my favorite, one of the reasons I like the other stories, Dan, is some of the nice emails we get from people who a hundred percent yeah kind of makes it worth the hassle sometimes they come out of nowhere and it's so uplifting yeah. as well yeah, yeah yeah anytime i get an email it's always a surprise at this point still mm-hmm. and it's always really nice yeah no well no one's been nasty yet anyway it's always yeah. been a really nice thing and it's like oh wow some, someone is paying attention to some degree this is this is nice yeah. <laughs> it gives you it gives you a bit of a boost doesn't it yeah so your first book was uh, a monstrous place. Came out in October last year. Um, is that the first novel you wrote? did? You write short stories first, or did you go straight into that? No, I went. Yeah, <laughs> I went straight into doing. I mean, it's not. It's only I think thirty, thirty-two thousand words because it's kind of aimed at younger kids. Basically, I kind of looked at um, some of the shorter works that Neil Gaiman did for kids, like the Graveyard Book and Coraline, yeah. and I just googled how many words are in those and that was how many words i went for um so it's not a massively long thing um but i'm kind of proud of it i think <laughs> yeah where did the idea come from um the first idea came from which is a, this is a bit odd but I, I watched a documentary you know david walliams um the little britain guy and he writes a bunch of kids books these days he's like i yeah. guess he's supposed to be the new like Roll dial type figure yeah. and he has the crazy front covers and stuff and I watched that and I was like I could probably do that I reckon I could have a go at that and what would be a crazy idea what if there's a monster who lived next door and no one believed this little boy which isn't what a monstrous place is but that was the initial kind of little idea that I had and I, tr- I thought I will write a roll dial type slightly funny book and then within a chapter of that that kind of fell away and it became <laughs> this other thing instead which which is not particularly funny i don't think hopefully it's not that funny anyway it's not supposed to be yeah well it's a nice starting place isn't it to have that idea and that kind of model set out and then run away with an idea um when i sins of smoke that i brought out last october that originally i was trying to write another story and then that just came out of nowhere and i ran with it so sometimes ideas like that can strike you and it's it's good just to run away with it and let it happen. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the ideas for mine mutate. So, I mean, the, like you've read Apocalypse Hill, the first one, Dan. I have. And you will probably not recognize this, but the initial idea was what if there, were, there was a zombie outbreak on the International Space Station, <laughs> which I thought was a good idea. The Walking Dead meets <laughs> gravity. I thought that's a pretty cool idea. Oh, I'll do a short story about that. There, there, are, there are no zombie. It's not a zombie book, and it's no. not in space, any of it. <laughs> so that mutated quite a lot into what it finally became. No, that's really, really interesting, because uh, I, I can see now that an 
element of it remain because the main character's daughter is in space. Yeah. Is it daughter? If I'm yeah. if I remember it right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't appear in the first one. But yeah, that was basically the character that was going to be the hero of this zombies in space thing that didn't I actually wrote it a bit of it before going, I don't really want to write a zombie book <laughs> and abandoning it. And yeah, I was something I'm fantastic. thinking that after uh, after our, our writing at the minute. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I like I like zombies, but I kind of started thinking I need to put something a bit more fantasy in it. If I'm trying to build a brand, going into doing a zombie book after doing something more fantastical or supernatural seemed wrong. Like anyone cared or was paying attention, but that was my my thought. So I abandoned zombies for that one. Yeah, and and you've achieved it. I mean, sorry, Luke. I, I know. Sorry, you, sorry it's good. Uh, but no, for for those people who haven't read Apocalypse Hill. Um, I personally, I definitely go give it a check out because it—it—it's a—I want to say a horror book, but it's not entirely horror because, like you say, it's got that fantasy edge to it. And the first few chapters, especially when it's sort of introducing some of the creatures, I won't give too much away because obviously I don't want to spoil it for people. But it—it um, it really was gripping, and it definitely had a kind of Tolkien-esque edge to it but with that horror line to it. And it was, it was a beautiful story. It's definitely, definitely worth a read. It's on my to read list. Um, and Dan, I think you explained it to me as a sort of really dark Alice in Wonderland, sort of horrible. Tale. Yeah, Does that sound about right? yeah. I said it's sort of Alice in Wonderland meets Lord of the Rings meets <laughs> sort of like Stephen King's imagination. That sounds okay. about right. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going for? <laughs> Not entirely, but <laughs> I mean, I've never read any Tolkien, so I wouldn't know, basically. I haven't even seen the Lord of the Rings films, so there's no dwarves or axes or dragons in it, so... Yeah, most yeah. of it for me came in The Knotted Man. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for reasons I, I won't say, but yeah. Okay, so Matt, so, so you've written Apocalypse Hill, I think you finished book two, right? Um, it's, yeah, it's just about. Just I think about. It comes out next week, yeah. Okay, cool. Week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll link to that then in, in the show notes. Um, what do you think was the biggest lesson you learned from writing uh, a monstrous place and those first three books that you then implemented in writing this book? Like, what changed in your process? What changed was the, uh, I guess, the planning stages. Mm more than anything just the trying to get more and more in depth with the beats and the and fleshing all that kind of thing out i mean I, i've always I, ne I never kind of jump into a story and just do it and see where it'll take me because that'll just mean i'll get stuck after a couple of chapters and i'll just i'll just abandon it uh, but i've i've kind of i did vague what i called skeletons where it was just like it wasn't even chapter by chapter it'd just be one idea and then like a one line idea and then another line and then another line until I got to the end. And now I'm, tr I guess as well, because this was a bigger project than those other ones, I've been trying to kind of go chapter by chapter and like write sometimes a few hundred words on what I think might happen and trying to flesh it out as much as possible. And even doing things like playing with things like trying to do character outlines before I start writing, which 
don't work entirely for me at the moment still because I abandon them pretty quick. I don't. I think it's hard to stick to that kind of thing until you actually start writing because you don't know what they're going to do exactly. You could say this person's this one thing, but then they don't end up doing that thing. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's the main. That is the major thing. I mean, I know some people hate planning too much. I think it kind of takes away the magic or whatever they say. I don't. I don't buy. I don't. I don't. Um, because they think you have to stick to those beats then I think is the thing. Whereas that's just like, that's just, a, it's almost like a safety net. I think of those things now where if you do get stuck, you, you kind of can't get stuck because you can then just glance and go, okay, I'll do that then. Yeah, you can't ever yeah. get stuck properly. So that's what I like because I, I hate getting stuck. I hate having to stop. I just want to get through the thing and do it. Yeah. It's that, it's that when you lose the momentum and you just feel like this is the worst yeah thing in the world <laughs> but yeah, um, exactly. how did it change much when you were writing it from those beats like when you were writing the apocalypse uh, um, hill so you had your beats did the book yeah. change as you were writing it well it did because it, it went in even a different way after i talked about that zombies in space thing i kind of i beat out a whole book which was an eighty thousand word book which i wrote and then abandoned that after writing it. The beats process was was supposed to, it will help me in the future, but it kind of, <laughs> I'm saying I learned something. I didn't learn anything. Did I? I just <laughs> a new way to make it really difficult for myself. Um, I, yeah, I beat out a whole book and I wrote it and then I threw that away and it, it's twisted around so many times that the beats in the end became almost meaningless. <laughs> so, would you I'm say that's not rubbish here? I'm just talking off the top of my head. <laughs> no, no, it did not help me at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Would you say that's not part of the process, though? Because initially the beats helped you write yeah, or get through that initial draft of whatever it was. It is. I, I mean, I always think of, I know as soon as I finish the first draft, probably 80% of it's going to change because I'll rethink what actually I want it to be. So that just seems to annoyingly be a part of my process, which makes it longer i guess and means like oh you've just written a fifty thousand word thing damn i'm going to get rid of thirty thousand words of it now because i have to change everything again so that is not a great process <laughs> but that seems to be mine so far yeah i i think i don't know i, I think i've been pretty similar but we're, we're writing these books in the minute and i've got to a point where i've realized we've been going pretty close to the beats and then i realized that it's it can't do that anymore like it has to change pretty there's significant. too much there's too much beats for this like story uh, but i think that's just a less like stories are malleable like you do sort of have to like chew on them for like ages and until it starts to really look like what you want it to look like yeah i mean once you get into it um it kind of sounds a bit very fairy but it kind of tells you what it wants to be i guess in a way and it's like well this is the best yeah. thing you could do with this story now not what you were trying to do so you've got a kind of you can you kind of know i always start getting a bit worried and i kind of wander around my kitchen and i never want to do the big change where i have to scrap everything but then after a few days it's like well this, this is what it's got to be hasn't it <laughs> you just get yeah, on yeah. With it. it's definitely part of the process i mean with um clockwork rose which is the first draft that I did that was phenomenally different to the second. And um, it's just one of those things I think you learn. And like Luke said, with the ones that we're going through at the minute, we've both gone through 
already substantial changes. And mm. I know that a few episodes ago, when we first got round to starting the books, we both went, we've got full beats. This is, we know where we're going. This is, we've never been more prepared in our lives. And we're now sort of, I don't know, a week and a half away from finishing. And we're both going, we've, we've changed a hell of a lot. And that's just, in, <laughs> that's just in the first draft alone. Um, so I think it's just part of, part of the process to give yourself that chance to learn the story, to understand it and to let yourself have that vomit draft. So you can start the second one and know what the story is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. like the story's already there and like you're just trying to work it out by writing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Matt, have you ever thought about co-writing? I mean, you you do screenplays, right? So would you be open to doing it in prose? Um, I'd certainly give it a go. It would be, I mean, it would be it would be odd, wouldn't it? I don't quite know how it. Well, obviously, lots of people do it. You two, you're you're kind of doing it, are you? You're kind of one of you is writing something, and the other one's going to polish it. Is that right? You're not kind of sending chapters back and forth, or no, no. So, well, we we sort of pitched each other um, various ideas for the stories we might want yeah, to yeah. do, and then we so we swapped like we gave each other like a. A really brief, yeah, really brief outline, and then the other guy came up with the beats, and they developed the characters and where the story would go. And now we're doing, we've swapped again, and we're doing each other's first drafts. And then, I that, uh, this is where we're at now. Like we're just finishing the first drafts, and we're not sure whether we want to go back over it ourselves again or swap now, and have the other person do some pretty heavy rewriting, I guess. Yeah, to get it. It's um, even with co-authoring, I mean. This is the first time we've both done it, and it's even that's a learning curve. And we're we're constantly kind of going when we when we next do this part, should we do X? Should we do Y? And I think the key will be just to give it a crack and see what works. But I mean, so far it's working for us. I know that it doesn't work for everyone. And when before it was kind of suggested, I didn't think I would co-write. Um, but I mean, but both have both have their own benefits. Yeah. I've, yeah, I feel like um, it's it's been pretty interesting. I feel like I wouldn't have been able to do this with my first book. Like I had to get a couple of books out of the way that that were just for my ego in a way. And, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm like I'm that satiated. So I'm just I just want to make a really good book now. I just really want to make good stuff. And I and I'm and I feel like the best way to do that is is by co-writing. Um, for me at the minute, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd certainly give it a go, but it would be—it would definitely be strange to start with. Yeah. Oh, it it's, is. It's, yeah, it's not like with a with script. I guess you're kind of used to stuff getting changed, and it's a bit more—they're a bit more your words or whatever when it mm. comes to prose, and rather than just interior, yeah. he walks in. It's like, okay, you can change that. I don't—I don't care about you changing that. Yeah. So it be—it would be odd, but it'd be—it'd um, be an interesting experience i guess See, yeah. I, I don't mind because i know dan's a better writer than me <laughs> so uh, I, know if, I know if he changes something it's going to be for the better says, so, says the one who's published his books already and is way ahead but um <laughs> no i think i think part of it as well comes in opportunity because if it hadn't have been for you know hawk and cleaver and and the fact that we've met and we sort of have similar ways of working i don't think i would have considered it because i know a lot of people want that relationship 
um, that kind of opportunity to go author, but you don't want to just throw yourself at people. I mean, when you started working with Isabel, was that something that happened naturally or was that something that you kind of just whacked two bricks together and tried to see what happened? Yeah, it, it was. She was, um, I was writing on my own, just writing comedy stuff. And she appeared as an actress in a little video that me and some other writers did. And then she appeared in something else. And we just kind of crossed paths a few times. And then she just asked me to, oh, do you want to write a sketch sometime? And it's like, okay, three page sketch, I'll do that. And then it just kind of, it's enjoyable to write with someone, <laughs> I found, rather than being on my own, and certainly with scripts. And it just kind of built and built until we weren't writing our stuff on our own at all. And we were just writing everything together. So we were just like, oh, I guess we're a, a writing team now. <laughs> we just went with that. Do you find that it helps because it's comedy as well? Like, is it all comedy mostly or is it a bit of with, Yeah, with Isabel, it's all, been, it's all been comedy stuff. So are you able to, like, find out if something's actually funny? Because I know, like, when I've read <laughs> comedy in the past, like, there's sometimes where you don't know if something's really funny until you put it out to someone, I guess. So are you finding that back and forth working? Yeah, it is helpful because, you, yeah, as you say, you just kind of have to assume something's funny. But yeah. if you get if the other person says that's funny, it's like well at least one person thought it was it wasn't terrible, so maybe it's okay. Maybe someone else will think it's funny. So yeah, it does help in that way, um, and it's just a good kind of support network, I suppose. If you write with someone else, you're not doing stuff on your own because writing's kind of a lonely thing, I guess. Mm. I mean, I don't Absolutely. mind, I don't mind doing it, but it is you are basically on your own most of the time. Whereas yeah. if you if you've got a partner, it's like oh you get to have meetings and you get to sit together and talk <laughs> about stuff human uh, contact yeah it's a bit more social and a bit nicer and you can laugh rather than just going is this good i don't know and then crying yeah we'll have to try and get you and isabel on at the same time and have a bit of a, a talk about script writing and that kind of world and working together because that would be interesting as well yeah 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 what was the uh you did something with alice lowe and kevin eldon right two of my some of my favorite uk people yeah, there was like it was a little, it was a little non-broadcast pilot. I think it was about ten minutes long, and it was just, um, it was called Missing Scene, and it was kind of, it was supposed to. What the hell was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be kind of, you're hopping around between old TV or genre films. So there's like there was like an alien invasion thing in black and white and. It was kind of a sketch show, but not really a sketch show. It just had funny bits. Maybe that's why it didn't work, because it was kind of a sketch show, yeah. but it wasn't a sketch show. So that's why people, people went, it looks very nice. No, thank you. Is it... Oh, you've got Kevin Eldon in it. Well done. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> was it like a, a sketch version of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Whereas oh, I that, love that show. Whereas that was like you found, you were up late at night, and you, you, you found a TV show, and you watched the entire thing. Was yours more you're still flicking through. Yeah, it'd be like if you were going through quite a few of those kind of things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I look at Ferengi as well, I look at him, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm still sad he hasn't done anything else, hardly at all. He's such a small body of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, who wrote Ferengi? Was it Richard Awadi and... It was, um, I think it was mostly the... Um, what is, is, I, I can't remember his name, name, yeah. Yeah, Garth. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. wrote most of it. Um, and everyone else in it went off to do big things, and he—I don't know what happened. Uh, well, he's around, but I, he doesn't seem to do anything. Yeah, it's a shame. But 
Matthew Holness and Richard Ayo. Matthew Holness, that's the one, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I googled that. I'm not just... <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so we're coming towards the end of the time already. Um, we've got like a quick fire round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to put a jingle in here. I'm not too sure what yet, but it's going to be, it's going to be great. Quickly, please. So no, no pressure. Just try and give the best responses you can in the quickest time to the questions. <laughs> in, okay. un, in under five seconds. Is that too soon? Is that too quick? No, go on. Okay, cool. Do, do you want to take it in turns, Luke? Have you got this in front of you? I've got it in front of me, so you go first and I'll go second. Okay, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? (laughs) Toilet. Last thing you do before you go to sleep? Toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Worst advice? Oh, God. (laughs) Being a writer is a really good idea. You'll make loads of money. Be successful. You don't need a backup. What makes a good writer? Practice and reading lots, basically. What's your favourite film? Halloween. Favourite book? Maybe Coraline. Favourite word? Christ. I don't have a favourite word. (laughs) I'm going to say, oh Christ, is your answer. Um, (laughs) Hogwarts or District 13? District 13. Haribo or Starburst? Haribo. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your spirit author? Neil Gaiman. I thought you were going to say that as well. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool, that's what I've got. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I like that, Dan. That's a good idea. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you, you're our test pilot for quickfire questions. I did feel under pressure there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be able to do it. If someone was like, what's your favourite word? I'd be like, uh, oligopoly. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, only because I learned that a week ago, so that's fresh in my head. But... <laughs> I'd be looking around. Uh, pen. <laughs> uh, cool, yeah, man. So have you got anything you want to plug? What, like a mailing list sign-up or, or a free book, perhaps, or something? Uh, if you go to my site, I guess it's Mr. Matthew Stott, you'll find a link to get onto the mailing list, and you get, I think you get three free books. I give everything away. It's all there. If you want free stuff, go to my website. <laughs> cool. Um, Dan, do we have a sponsor yet? <laughs> Uh, Kai, we're in the process for having okay. a sponsor with the other stories. We're close. Okay. I think by the time this is out, we might have. Expect a sponsored listeners. <laughs> yes. And uh, also plugging, as we always do, the other stories, but mostly because I want to throw this in as well, the fact that we're currently number eight in the literature, chart, literature charts on iTunes. Mm. So that's pretty fantastic. I was thinking, why, Matt, why don't you write a guest episode of the other stories? Because I did bring this up, yeah. You have a very... I feel like your stories would fit quite well. Um, okay. <laughs> if yes. you, if okay. you want me to, I can attempt it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk behind the scenes. We'll give you a theme and if, you, if you're happy to do so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very happy. Awesome. Sure. All right. Um, leave it at that and I'll hit the stop the record button now. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip.